Hey, this is John from Blackwoods Tattoo. A little bit about myself. I've been tattooing for about 14 to 15 years now. Back then, I started out as a product designer, working a 9 to 5 job, while tattooing out of my bedroom. Now thinking about it, it was a good solid 8 years that I tattooed from home before I opened up my own studio, which is about 6 and a half years now. To me, tattoos are like milestones. They all tell the story. I like it especially when it's deep and meaningful to its owner. This podcast is about the stories behind my clients' tattoos and their experiences with events and life itself. An exchange of experiences and stories and of course, in most cases, most things are just a matter of perspectives. So I ask you, who is listening, to have an open mind and maybe we all get to learn a little bit something about each other. Who knows, some stories may inspire you. And with that, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Hi, uh, hi everybody. My name is Justin. Uh, I'm 40 this year. Uh, proud father of two beautiful little girls. Um, other than that, uh, you're ordinary guy with random passions and uh, things that interest me, which I think we'll hear about along the way. Lah. Well, do you want to share with them a little bit about your the the tattoos that you got and then like, you know, what do they like symbolize, you know? Oh, funny story is uh, my first tattoo, although I was surrounded by people with tattoos growing up, uh, actually only came when I was about 24 or 25, uh, after I got married actually. Oh, that's, that's quite late, huh? Like, uh, okay. It's very late into the tattoo game, right? Um, in fact, it happened in Patong. Okay. Uh, it happened in Patong where, as you know, in Phuket. La. In Phuket. La. Okay. So, uh, I was on an anniversary trip with my wife. I mean, to celebrate our anniversary. La. So, as you know, we you know, sit along the beach. The, those people come and ask you, you want to buy this, you want to buy that. And then one guy, she came up to us and asked if we wanted hennas. So... Of course, then my wife was like, hey, she also thinking of getting a henna. Then she asked me to get one with her. I said, no, like, if I want to put, I put a real tattoo. La. So this guy, random guy at the beach, just told me, okay, one real tattoo, I get for you. I find for you. I find for you. Moment, please. Moment, please. Wait, this, this dude is just a guy hanging around. <laughs> no, these yeah. are the, the people, those um, vendors that walk along the beach in Patong, okay. right? Okay. So um, he actually says, he, he said, okay, okay, give, moment, please. Moment, please. Next thing, right. he brings uh, another guy. Um, with a full um, uh, what what do you call that those those books like the whole fucking catalog. the whole catalogue right okay, okay. what tattoo yeah, I want yeah, you know? yeah. so my wife's like hey this one is nice so one thing led to another they say come let's go to the studio now spontaneous yeah okay. spontaneous then I was like oh, no 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 I want to spend a few because I heard that after you do a tattoo you can't go swimming you yes. can't go to the beach and right, everything for right. a few days right I said no no I want to do it before I leave so that was like two days later so this was like a Friday or afternoon or what so I said I, I'm leaving on Sunday afternoon. He's, I say, how long is that tattoo? They told me, oh, God, about two hours, can already. Then I pick you up, I pick you up Sunday. Sunday, I pick you up. So he came on his motorcycle and picked me up from uh, my hotel in uh, along the beach. It took about 15 minutes to reach there. All right, 10, 15 minutes to reach there. For <laughs> To me, I was like, Shit, where the f is he gonna bring me? <laughs> Wait, yeah, I'm just sitting on this guy's random guy's motorcycle. It was quite daring, uh, like. <laughs> okay. My wife is in the hotel right. alone. I'm like sitting on this random guy's uh motorcycle and just like going out like to the outskirts of uh Phuket like that. You know, just, I don't know where I was going. So nicely went there, everything, 
Uh, and it was actually a proper studio. Correct? And then, you know, he had those like bikers and everything on the wall that came to do tattoos with him. So that was where it started. Uh, and that's where my wife chose a, sm- a, uh, a little palm size, about palm size um, cat tattoo. Oh, that's the one on your shoulder. Yes, ah, that's, okay. that's the one on my right, right shoulder. So that's where it all started, right? That small little tattoo okay. uh, that uh, was very spontaneous. It actually was almost done like within, uh, within minutes of me talking to somebody, right? Okay. Uh, had, having, had, had I not been on a holiday, I think it would have been different. I've been straight away. I got... So that was quite cool. Um, uh, moving on into the tattoos, then I think the next one was a, a calf tattoo. Okay. Yeah, so I just did the outside of my calf, right? And again, as spontaneous as the first one was, it was a tattoo that I was thinking of for a while. Um, but never got down to it, but I was in Patong again. So I went to try to find this guy's shop. The same, the same guy? The same guy, okay, right? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, Become friend already. Like, uh, uh, I, I mean, this is like many years later, no, right. like about five, seven years later after I got my first tattoo. Was it five? I mean, be around five years after okay. I got my first tattoo. So, when I speak to him, he's like, oh, I don't do Sunday tattoos anymore. So I thought I want to do Sunday and then because I was leaving in the afternoon again, right? Then he says, you do now, lah, which is on a Friday evening. Then I'm like, uh, okay. Then I said, now I need a shower first. So I went back to shower, I came back and I did the tattoo. Lah. And this time my wife was not with me. Right? I was with my friends and everything. in okay. <laughs> So the moment he was shaving my leg, he was stenciling on, I took a photo and sent it to my wife. Straight away she called me. She's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> It's a, it's a very big piece, is it? Uh, it, was, it covered the whole outside of the okay. calf. Right, right. right. And, and then she was like, going on about it. She says, you didn't tell me you're going to do another tattoo. I said, no, I told you I was going to do it. I didn't tell you when I was going to do it. And she's like, ah, oh, whatever. Then she just put out the phone. Came back to Sigma. I reached back to Singapore. Before she said hi or anything, she said, let me see your leg. <laughs> uh, so she was like, wow, that's quite a big piece because it covered she the whole... She want to make sure whether you do something like, I hate my wife uh, or something. Maybe, maybe she don't want to. <laughs> yeah, correct, <laughs> or, or some secret message inside <laughs> or what, right? Uh, so, but okay, like, I think she's been quite cool about it. Um, and of course, after that... Uh, there was a tattoo that has been tried many uh, since 2011 that I was looking to get done. I mean, 2011, I was 28 already. Okay. Uh, so, because my daughter was born in 2011. Ma. So, uh, I wanted to get a tattoo done for my children. Uh, this one with more meaning. La. But just couldn't find the right fella to do it or find somebody to design it out and everything. So I had a few good friends, of course, like, my friends all covered with tattoos, right? So I said, hey, you any tattoo artists to recommend? I just want to get it done because now my second daughter is born. Uh, I would like something meaningful for them. Like. Right. So this is probably about 2014, 2015 already. Okay. Uh, my second daughter is about two, three years old already okay. by then. So that's when I did my chest piece. Right. So I did a left chest with a wolf and everything designed by uh, uh, Clyde. So uh, it was a simple piece. But it means a lot to me. Well, what does uh, it mean actually? Like? So basically, the wolf, uh, when I did the research, I think why I chose the wolf is because uh, a wolf pack is always very protective. So the alphas okay. are always protect the weaker ones. Okay. Correct. So that's something that I believe that I always want to be to my two children, especially, right? Like one of the characteristics. And yes. Are, okay, uh, okay. That protectiveness, right? right. So uh, it comes with a, and it comes with a script. I mean, it's a small little statement that I, I, I can't remember where I got it from. Okay. But it made a lot of sense to me. You have your, basically it states, you have my uh, unconditional love, guidance and protection 
till my very last breath. I see. So okay. that really that really yeah. resonated with me when I heard that phrase, right? And I didn't care what the 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 whole tattoo was. I just wanted that phrase with it the, in the first face. place. Okay. Uh, that's when uh, that tattoo came to mind in 2011 when my first daughter was born. Um, and it it found a place when I spoke to Clyde and he came up with, to push up the idea of the wolf and everything. And I just got it done. Uh. Uh, so that was uh, it's one of my most meaningful pieces. In fact, when my children all came home, they all were looking at it, asked them to read it and they were like, oh, then they were asking me, what does it mean? You explained to them. So I explained to them ah, uh, okay. that I will be that protector for you as long as I can. Uh, as long as I'm reading, I will still be that protector for you. Uh, regardless of whatever happens. So uh, that's something that sits with me very closely. We, we backtrack a bit. Bro. I mean, like, how, how was it like, like you know, becoming a, a dad, right? You know, uh, right? And then like, how how come you feel this sense of responsibility on your shoulders? Wow. Okay. Big question. Um, I still remember, I think uh, this was in late 2010. Mm. Um, my wife was due heavily okay. pregnant already by then and uh, real, the realism of me being a father soon was setting in okay right before that it was, she was just pregnant okay it, la, becoming know. a father was not the thing at the top right. of my head right I think when she entered her last trimester when I really saw the you know the the size of her and everything I knew oh shit I'm gonna be a father gonna gonna pop oh, <laughs> what do I do next <laughs> okay, okay. So what, do, what are the steps I need to take right correct of course I think traditionally most people uh, look to their father Look up to their dad. Ah, look okay. up to their dad. Right. So that's tradition, right? So yeah. for me, um, I never had that uh, that relationship with my father. Okay. Correct. It was always estranged since I was as young as I remember. Lah. Right. Uh, because even in my infancy, I was even, there wasn't even staying with my parents. Okay. Uh, as a toddler and everything. Right. So I was never really close to my parents in the first place. Especially when it comes to my father, I think even less close. Are, are you the only boy in your family? or like Yes, I'm the only son. Only son, uh, okay. So, traditionally, a lot of people tell me, oh, that means you kind of spoiled by your parents. Like, you're the love of right. their life, everything. And, and it never sat with me that way, no. It never. Because, right. I don't know, maybe my, like uh, my grandmother used to say, uh, maybe your father loved daughters more. Uh, total, how many siblings you, you have? I got three sisters, actually. Three sisters, okay. Yes. okay. So, I'm a single... I, I should be the apple of their eye, right? Because right. <laughs> one boy, three girls. Right. It's not like one boy, one girl. No. It's like, got three girls already, you know? Okay. So I should be the precious, but it just never happened. Nah. Interesting. Okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. So on hindsight, maybe as a young boy, I wasn't easy to handle and all this, but that Re- is why you very is. rebellious growing up and, and stuff. <laughs> Like, as a, as I want to say I'm an angel, can, in case my children hear this. <laughs> But um, I would just put it as I, I was a very challenging uh, teenager, la, okay. I would say. Um, because in the early day stages, already I was not close to my parents. Mm. So I think when I reached teenage years, maybe uh, a call for attention or what, I'm not sure. Right. Um, but it just became uh, normal la, for me to do things that I, was, I wasn't supposed to do. Okay. Correct. Uh, I didn't mind getting reprimanded in school. Uh, getting arrested was uh, like a badge of honor, you know? Okay. All right, all right. <laughs> so tell your friends. To, to get arrested. Yeah, I, was, in some sense. I was in Bedok Station the whole last night. 
Bedok Police Station. Look at like, me how sad I oh, am. Everybody, what happened? What happened? What happened? You know? So, maybe all these kind of small little things just made me become more and more rebellious, like, if you want to use that word. Mm. Uh. So, when I started becoming a father, I think that became my number one concern. Right. What happens if I don't have a relationship with my children? Mm. Correct. Or what happens if I I become like my father and uh, right. or I have his characteristics that really fuck up everything. Mm. Correct. That my children don't want to talk to me. And he, although he cares for my sisters a lot, right. none of my sisters are willing to talk to him even properly. What was the reason from your perspective? From my perspective, it's because he was never a father to them even. Okay, so although he cared for them more, yeah. but he was never around. You okay. know, uh, he even had his own physically uh, not around. Physically, he's seldom around, and when okay. he's around, he's uh, in the earliest he was abusive. Abusive to yes. the kids. And uh, to my mother and to me, oh, my sisters were never okay. Physically, just uh, okay, okay. So his all his anger was taken out uh, at, on the family on, on my mother and me ah, in the earliest. Okay. Later on, of course, me lah. Right. Uh, because. I okay, was a troublemaker already yeah. by then. Uh. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Uh, so, but then, because of him not being around and he spent about two years in prison in our, I think, uh, mid-teens, uh, in my mid-teens, he spent two years in prison. So that stretched him further away from my sisters as well. Okay. Alright? Uh, especially when they felt they needed a father figure around. They were growing up as well, right? They were uh, entering their teens. My younger sisters were entering the teens. My elder sister was already a teenager by then. Right. But never had a father figure around. Mm. Correct? Right. Uh, stories are he had uh, somebody on the outside. We don't know. Okay. Uh, because my parents got divorced at, uh, when Thank I was so. 10. Okay. Uh, but they lived together still uh, under the pretext of being married. We all didn't find out until when he went to prison that they were actually divorced for many years already. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So it's cool. My, my parents tried to maintain a wholesome family. Like the image, right? The image of a wholesome okay. family. Uh, although on paper and everything, they were divorced already. Okay. Uh, maybe they were making an effort to try right. to make us uh, not come from a broken family. I right. think there were many things that happened then that maybe we are totally, we are not really fully aware. Anything that we know is based on assumptions or hearsays now. Okay. Correct? Um, sadly, I cannot ask any of them because they are not around anymore. So, for me, when my wife was that heavily pregnant, I really didn't know where to turn. Correct? So, the first person I thought of, of course, is my father. So, nicely, I called him randomly one day. And that's from a son that doesn't talk to his father, right? At all, yeah. Uh, okay, so, I say, when you're free for coffee. Right. He's like, what is this about? I say, no, I just want to ask you out for a coffee. So, I called him, and he told me, oh, you meet me at this coffee shop. Uh, one random coffee shop in Amokyo. So later on, realizing that, oh, that was a coffee shop he sat at. Okay. That's where his, his kaki all sit, right? All right. So I was invited to his coffee shop. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> so that, so when I sat down, he says, hey, you want a beer or not? I was like, uh, no, no, I'm riding my motorcycle. I don't want to drink. I just hear that I have a coffee. Okay, okay, I drink you can. Uh. I drink okay, uh, then you drink. So, the first question after that when he asked me, mm. really stuck with me. And it's, I think it's also the way that he asked me. He said, so what is this about? Mm. What do you need from me? Like straight up to the point. Straight up to my what, point. What do you want? What do you want? Why are you okay. here? Okay. Like you, it, it sounded like, 
uh, we don't talk. Why are you looking for me now? Do you okay. need something for me? Okay. Right? That's the image I got. Right. Or that's the impression I got when he said that. Right. So it was really disheartening to hear that right. first phrase from my father, right? Right. Definitely. Um, but I li- the next question, the next thing I said to him was, I'm becoming a father soon and I realized I've never sat down and talked to you. Mm. I never had a good conversation with you. Mm. He stared at me blank for about a minute and he just said, that is true. All right. Because the only conversations that we had uh, growing up uh, was at least the ones that I, that, that I remember as to be a proper conversation that lasted more than five minutes mm. uh, was when he was in prison. Okay. And when nobody wanted to visit him that week, because it's an alternate week, right? So I will go. Okay. So I always played a reserve player la, when, right. when visiting my father. Because I not really got nothing with him. What? So if my grandmother or my aunties or his friends want to visit, then I will, I will let them go. If not, if nobody goes, if that weekend, nobody wants, that week nobody wants to go, then I will try to go. Mm. So those were the only times that I spoke to him. Mm. And it was always about, hey, how's your sister? How's your mother? How's... Right. Everything it was never about how are we yeah living, uh, right? uh, like yeah. it's never a conversation between a father and son. Mm, okay, so yep. at twenty eight was the first time I sat with my father <laughs> and had a conversation right. over yeah. uh, over uh, I had coffee he had his beer and uh, I think I I vaguely remember a conversation as to asking him what do I look out for to be when I'm being being a father and I think the only takeaway that I got from that conversation was uh, something that he used to tell me when I was young as well. You make your bed, you sleep in it. You what? You make your bed, you sleep in it. Okay. Uh, so whether it's going to be a bed of uh, feathers or pocketed spring <laughs> or a bed of nails, hmm. that's something that you have to live with. So he's asking you basically to take accountability to whatever situation that Correct. you are in. Correct. Whatever you got in your life mm. is because you put yourself there. So, and that's something that uh, that he has always maybe not so nicely said it to me, uh, but you pay for your consequences. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, 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 you pay for your decisions. You live with your consequences. Correct. Um, and that's life. Uh. If you do good, you good comes back. Maybe not in the form that you want, but there will be other forms. But if you are, like for example, when I was younger, rebellious, so the consequences of it, uh, I had to accept. The repercussions. Whatever, whatever yeah. la, because I chose that, that path. Ma. Right. Mm. So, Interesting. that was me when becoming a father, not knowing what to do next. So all, I, I think the only thing I had with myself Although sounds a bit negative was, okay, I want to be a father not like my father. So as long as I'm not doing those things, I should be a better father. Mm. In, in my opinion. There are uh, things that you can, that you want to change and you don't like about the current correct. state that you want to. Uh, like, to. like for example, the lack of uh, showing of love. Okay. Correct? I mean, traditional uh, old Asian parents is... It's always a very stern. Very uh, nonchalant. Ah, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Very um, distant. Okay. Especially to their sons. You know, they maybe they're trying to mold the guys. I don't know. Lah. Mm, interesting. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't know why it's always that way, right? Right. Like, the, 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 the fathers have always been that. 
I monster cannot show any emotion, v- emotion or vulnerability. Yes. Okay. Maybe All that's right. the old school way. So, right. but with me now and my two kids, mm. um, I'm proud to say I I don't hold back on my emotions with them. Correct. Right? I constantly uh ask them for hugs and kisses, I give them the hugs and kisses that they need. Although now my eldest one is turning twelve. Okay. So she gets a bit like, hey, hey, yeah. no, no, daddy. You better don't kiss me. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> With that foul mouth. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. She's, she's not a baby anymore, right? Right, right. Uh, but I make sure I don't uh, forget to show that uh. emotions and love to them. Uh, something that I always remember. La. So I think if there's one takeaway from what my father, how my father brought me up is to show love. Mm. The opposite of what my father did Right, is to yeah. show love. So that's something I uh, spend a lot of time with my children to like cultivate always, that yes, to like. cultivate that, like, that I'm not shy to show you my feelings. Mm. I think I think that's that's actually very interesting because like uh I think a lot of like times the childhood, right, does affect a bit of like how we perceive things or like grow up, right? And it instills different Correct. kind of values, whatever things like that happen. Then, yeah, man. Sometimes the, the, the values that I instill are the positive. That means mm. they show you positive, you reinforce positive. Right. But it has to agree with uh, you first, uh, right? Like, so, yeah. but sometimes it's the opposite. Mm. Correct? If you didn't like the way you were treated, I believe you will try to do things differently. I want to right? change whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't want to go into a, a spray and say, oh, I had a very sad childhood and everything. Mm. But I didn't like the way uh, you were raised. Up, I was right? raised. Yeah. So, I want to try to do things differently with my mm. two children. I think that's more uh, the message that I try to instill in my children. Right. Therefore, uh, like having that, that wolf tattoo also is like uh, like being the protector and everything but at the same time also being able to show vulnerability and, and everything that, that the kids or like the children needs to, to have yes. la, while growing up and to know that you're also a, a human being like a man. Yes. No, you're still a person, <laughs> right? You have your own feelings, your own emotions and everything. All right? Correct. All right. I, like I, I, I think that's something that uh, I don't want to ever try to hide from them mm. that that emotions. Okay. Correct. That uh that I care for them. I mm. want to always make sure that okay, having having two girls as well is right. a stressful situation for any man. Correct. With all the bloody real wolves, <laughs> the colorful wolf. Okay. <laughs> Correct. So I I don't want them. You know, they have this, uh, the thing they call it uh, the, the girls with daddy issues. Okay. Uh, right, and then they right. look for care and love somewhere from, else. From, yep, yep. So I don't want to have that kind, that of, kind of excuse. Things. Okay, okay. Correct? For my children. Right. So that's some, that's another reason as well. Uh. Well, what do you think about, let's say, uh, emotional control in this situation? Because like, let's say now you are uh, showing your, your, your care and concern. Like, what about when you are angry, you know, and things like that? Right? How do you uh, show them or like that you're angry or you don't want things done a certain way and then uh, how are they going to how do they take it you know have, have that ever been done before oh of course of course I mean end of the day as parents we still have to instill discipline right Right. It cannot be just all love 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 right. so there is a certain level of discipline that is instilled or has to be instilled and uh, hopefully I'm doing the right thing mm. uh, uh, but one thing again then if I take away from my father is I don't lay a hand my children uh, very different upbringing again right um, I think I remember when my daughter's less than one you know when they are just starting to walk 
starting to grab things. So there was once, I think she grabbed a wire. My instinct was to flick, like, kutia, her hand. And I, when that happened, she started bawling. She, she, she really cried like she never cried before. Um, and that really broke my heart. Right? That was a wake-up call for me. Mm. Ever since then, I did, I've never even kutit them or slapped them, nothing. Mm. Because of that incident, I, I saw myself, my father in myself. Ah, okay. <laughs> Correct? Right. Uh, so, it was more of sitting down and talking to them. Even at a young age, my wife would ask me, hey, you think they understand what you say, man? <laughs> I say, I'm just going to keep talking la, until they until understand. They get la, it, until they get it. Force feed. I'll just talk yeah. um, uh, values, right? Like yeah. why you shouldn't do certain things yeah. because of certain things. So I, I, I still remember a very uh, clear incident. I think my younger girl was about two or three years old already. My older one was five old about five years old. Um, so I think my younger one, did, I can't remember what she did, but I lectured her and I asked her to sit in the corner and think about it. And then came back and after that, we cleared it up. And that moment, immediately after I spoke to uh, my younger daughter and she went off still with tearing in the eye and everything because she has been scolded by daddy, right? Um, that mo- moment after that when what I saw my elder daughter did really uh, touched me. Okay. She literally went to her younger sister and said, you know why Papa did this? Or why Papa scolded you? And she started explaining exactly how I used to explain to her. Correct? Then I I talked to my, I, I, I nudged my wife. I told her, hey, hey, look, look. It's working. Hey, it's working. They <laughs> <Okay. laughs> understand. Right? <laughs> And this was a five-year-old telling a three-year-old, oh, correct? Right. Why certain values need to be upheld. Mm. All right. So generally in my household, I, I tell them everything else we can discuss. Mm. There are only two rules that there will be no negotiations. The first rule is of course no lies. Mm. Uh, because we know la, it takes one to cover another and another. Right. There will be no end to it. You rather I'd rather you live with the 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 repercussions of the first lie mm. that you're trying to cover up something else rather than to live with everything. Mm. Second thing that I always try to instill is respect. Mm. So basic respect must always be there uh, regardless of the situation. Mutual respect uh, and everything. Okay. So that's the two things I, I tell my children and uh, everything else when I talk about anything that happens or something goes wrong, I'll bring it back to these two. Mm. So if, if if it's not about them lying, it's about them not respecting something or somebody, or respecting the household or right. respecting their mother or something. Uh, it brings back to that. If what, you do this because kids, you don't, like let's say they are they're rude to other kids, they don't have any respect for other kids. Did that ever happen? And then, yes, I mean there was how, an incident of uh, my elder girl was embroiled in some bullying incident. Uh. Okay, she was uh, the bully. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, okay. Yeah, actually. <laughs> my wife was like, uh, and when we first heard about it, my wife talked to me. She said, hey, your daughter is part of uh, bullying some students. You know? I said, okay, like, at least. At first, when I heard bullying, I was, like, I was super concerned. Huh? So, suddenly, I was like, I tell my wife, actually, it's not so bad. Huh? She's the one. At least she's the one, not, she's she, not the one being bullied. Huh? <laughs> okay. Lesser two evils. Both are not good. Right, right. But 
I think it's the lesser of two evils. No, no injuries. Uh, okay. uh, no psychological damage or, damage yeah. or anything like that. No. So, but then I brought back to her about respecting other people's boundaries and respecting mm. other people's stuff. Right? Mm. Uh, it's not about uh, what's cool anymore already. You, know? mm. you, you really didn't respect the girl. She mm. really... Because they were stepping on her new shoes or what, you know? Oh, okay. Uh, ah, you know, okay. But yeah. I understand why they did it. It was okay. more of that, that her her classmate was, for lack of a better word, a little bit of a... Uh, okay. Somebody stood on her shoe. She started, she kicked up a big fuss about it. She think her shoe is new and everything. But coming from a boys' school myself, something we did every day. La, so, yeah. it, it, she, in theory, that little girl asked for it when after three or four of them started stepping on her shoe, right. including my daughter. But, of course, <laughs> I cannot teach her and say, that, oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So, I got, went back with respect. Mm. Alright? So, I think if you use this one word, respect, uh, to encompass your, your life lessons for your children, I mm. feel that it works. Mm. So, at least it's working for my children and our family itself. Mm. Uh, so, respecting each other, respecting people's stuff, respecting people's feelings. Mm. Right? There's many levels of respect. Right. But when I use that word, one word respect is a very... It's a very broad... Uh, yeah. It's simple enough, but it's a very broad spectrum. Right. So, that's something I I discuss with my kids. And I always try to remember these two values again. Hmm. Uh, Gro- growing up, right, bro, I mean, like, let's say you, you didn't have your parents in the picture. La. So, uh, you know, who, who took care of you? And then, like, uh, how, how did that play a part in your wow. growing up? Okay. So the story goes, uh, when I was about a week old, uh, my mother actually gave me to my gave me away to my grandmother, and uh, the story like this all hearsay, right? Um, mm. Goes as simple as my mother literally giving gave me to my grandmother and saying, "This is not my son." Correct. Mm. Uh, on hindsight, if I now being an adult, I look back and I now know things. Mm. Uh, it was probably a postnatal depression for my mother at that point in time. Uh, because me and my elder sister have a 10-month separation. Oh, okay. Uh, so right. imagine a 10-month-old child and a newborn. Mm. Correct. The the cries, the, the amount of things that are going on, the sleepless nights. Right. I think it took a toll on her. Mm. She already had 10 months of sleepless nights. And then it's again. Pregnancy and then another child just got born. Right. I think it's... I was the straw that broke the camel's back for her. I see. Uh, okay. So, in my early years, my form, uh, my toddler years, until I was about four years old, before I go to kindergarten, uh, I was staying with my grandmother. I had my aunties, my grandmother all taking care of me. So, I was staying with my grandmother, my uncle stayed in the same house. So, I was brought up in that family. Hmm. So, that's why, if you compare me to my sisters, I'm a little bit more uh, uh, a Bing style, uh, more Chinese upbringing la. although my mother is Eurasian and my other side of the family is all the Angmos right. Angmo Pai uh, so that was the earliest then uh, I think I was forced to go home when I was what, four or five years old I still remember that scene I was sitting in my one of my auntie's husband's car mm. so they were sending me back to my mother's place I was crying all the way Right. I remember that scene because I think that was something that I didn't understand at the point of time. I really didn't understand why it's it was too happening. much for a child to, to take yeah, in. I spent four yeah. years with your grandma, with my grandma, yeah. And suddenly I'm going to another family. Who is this? Right. You know, uh, they say it's your mother. You know, they're trying to teach me this, but how do you expect a four year old to understand 
I'm going. I, I'm getting kicked out of the house. Mm. Correct. So yeah, you so feel, I, felt like abandoned at that point, like yeah, I felt abandoned by my grandparent, my grandmother, mm. and my uh, and that side the relatives the family, that were yeah. taking care of me because they were sending me to my mother's house. So to me, my mother was a stranger. Mm. All right, maybe I met once uh, during Chinese New Year or once in a while during okay. Chinese New Year and stuff like that. But I, she probably, she was as good as an auntie, lor, a distant right. auntie, lor, right. at that point of time, right? Uh so. Moved in, I grew up there uh, during my kindergarten, went into primary school. Of course, I had some problems in primary school, you know. So I think um, my early primary, I think <laughs> there, was, there was a funny incident where uh, my grandmother comes over once a week to visit when I was uh, growing up, right? She would, so she come over and see me uh, and see my sisters on her off day. Um, so she saw a scar on my, not a scar, it, it still had uh, a plaster on my chin. Okay. Correct. Uh, with stitches underneath. Mm. So when she asked me what happened, I said, oh, my mother slapped me and I fell and the whole thing tore and I was bleeding. Right. So my grandmother got into a fit of okay. rage, right? She stroked, straight away grabbed me out of the house, brought me back to her house. So the story was, this was probably when I was what, seven or eight years old only. Was that what Maybe really, even younger. Was that what really happened? Like the Yeah, my mom slapped me for something. Okay. I, I'm... <laughs> Okay. I, I, I can't remember can't what remember happened. Right? Okay. Uh, I was rushed to CGH, the old CGH. Right, right. Uh, because I was bleeding non-stop from the chin. Okay. I had a big uh, gash at the chin. Uh, so my grandmother took me to the house. And the story is later on is my mother actually made a police report against my grandmother for kidnapping. Your, your mother? Oh, okay, wow. For okay. kidnapping because my grandmother literally came to the house. Just take you and... I took me and left. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Correct. Because back then we got handphone, nothing like. So right. my grandma didn't know about the incident until she visited the next week. Right. Correct. <laughs> when so she visited, she's too like, abusive already. Like, okay. What What's happening? You know. So, uh, I, I think it was a couple of weeks after that. I was forced to go back home again, frustrated, and, uh, angry, and everything. So I think that maybe was part of why I was so, such a rebellious child as well, mm. because I wanted to be at my grandma's place, but they kept forcing me to come back to this. Shitty house. Your real family. Okay. Uh, shitty, house. shitty house where nobody loved me. Mm. <laughs> you feel very like a stranger in your own A stranger in my own home, right? right. Um, and all uh, frustration was taken out. Mm. Or at least I felt that all frustration was taken out, being taken out on me. Mm. Right? And then I see my sisters, oh, never gonna wall up, right? Gonna belt, gonna kick, gonna punch, boy. gonna kick. <laughs> Maybe yeah. because I'm the only boy. La. Right. <laughs> okay, so, okay. So right. it was hard. La. So I think. There was a few times in primary school I would leave the house, uh, go stay with friends, whatever lah. You know, there are many incidences are where I would just run away from home. Like it was like a constant thing, you know, like every like must reset one or every six months I would do it one more time. Then the shit build up again, then I'll do it another time. I see. Okay. Uh, until I think I was 13, then I really left. There was one uh, big incident that I then I really left. And that took me uh about three months before even my grandmother could find me. Three months. Yeah, because nobody knew where just I was. Just MIA. The, the time, no no handphones, nothing, right? Pagers, yes. right? Pager also, also didn't, didn't exist have, yet. Okay, okay. Uh, in, or at least I didn't have a pager. Lah. Okay, okay. A 13-year-old pager, I think yeah. it was a big telecom pager or something. Yeah, you, you're getting old, bro. Okay, so yeah. Yeah, so nobody could find me. Then uh, I think I happened to meet one of my aunties randomly because I was staying with friends randomly, you know, or living, living, I was living on the streets like, at that point of time. Uh, like whoever can take you in, just... just yeah, whatever. So, I, I, I spent... Uh, a few days sleeping at Pasri's beach. Really? Okay. Wow. Uh, 
Last time the old uh, NTUC, now it's known as Downtown East. Okay. So I used to sneak in, take showers there, then go to the NTUC, still some fun. Then, uh, so those chalet goers, I was still clothes. <laughs> That's how I lived for a good two, three months. And then after I made friends, Wow, okay. Like those teenagers hanging out at the beach, right? right. Then they saw them took me under their wing, you know, some older guys. Right. Uh, then about two, three months later, then I think I met my auntie randomly somewhere. Mm. Said, hey, your grandmother's been looking for you, no? Everything cannot sleep, you know? I, I forgot about my grandmother and I was just a rebellious teen, right? right? So I was like, okay, I go and meet her. I go and find her. So I went to her house, met her. She said, you don't go anywhere, you stay here. So I stayed there until I was about 15. 15 or I think about 15, 14, 15 uh, around there. Like a good two years, one uh, year, two years. years. Uh, so again, another set of formative years with them, right? Mm. Um, so I, I only had to go back because I had a I was arrested for some random uh, and needed to be bailed out. Mm. Correct. And my grandmother couldn't offer bail. Uh, so needed my parents to come down to bail me. Mm. Oh, that, that, that scene was uh, something that sits with me as well because I remember when my parents came my father literally grabbed my mom by the hand and says leave him inside mm. okay and walked out so I was, I was kept in lockup for three days oh that must have stung really f- <laughs> bad <laughs> and uh. you knew your parents gave up when yeah, you like, yeah. like, they don't want to bail you out though. right <laughs> not say pay or fine or just sign a bail for you yeah. uh, so just leave him here just leave him here or like <laughs> The, the is probably just learning growing up you know like what the f- I mean a lot of things he doesn't know and, and correct like, right, but yeah. I, uh, it is what it is right right so then I moved back home and then uh, I think when I was 16 uh, I was kicked out of the house this time I didn't leave on my own accord I was asked to leave parents home <laughs> my, my my parents home okay. so that's when I, I ever since then that's when I lived on my own radio I see. Uh, I, okay. I moved out. I started working. That's why I dropped out of school and everything because of the... I needed to have income. Uh. So I started working full-time in the past and that's... Were you still schooling back then? Or? I was still schooling. I was still okay. schooling. I was, but I was barely going to school. Uh. Okay. Uh, okay. Right. I'll be one of those that uh, people have 20 days absent from school. I have ah. 20 days present in school kind of. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I see. Uh, what tough childhood. Uh, bro. Okay. Okay. I, I won't use the tough. Uh. It's just different. Uh. Tough, I mean, it's, fun, it's, uh. it's not the conventional kind. Yeah, it's not conventional. Yeah, it's I use the word not conventional. Yeah. Right? I, right. I, you want to say I, I, I had my fun. Huh? Yeah. As a teenager. Yeah, yeah, experience are very Imagine nice. at 16, you're living by yourself. Eh? Yeah. It's, Can you imagine it's, how you have to be independent so young? You know, uh, right? I will use the word, I will use the word independent, I will use the word uh, left alone. Mm. <laughs> were, you, were, you, were you very angry also growing up as a teen? Like? I think in the early years, yeah. La, by, yes, when I've, Reached around 16, 17, I think I wasn't angry anymore. Mm. I was like, hey, this is shook, man. <laughs> and at that time, when I moved back to my grandmother's house, she wasn't staying there already. Okay. She was staying with my auntie, so I had the whole house myself. Okay. So I like king, eh? Ah, okay. Hey, okay. imagine you 16, 17 years old. You house your yourself. own house, eh? Yeah. you by yourself, no? Right, right, right. <laughs> Walking around the house naked all, nobody gives a damn already, eh? <laughs> information uh, that the people only thing don't need is, to like, know. <laughs> too much information. Oh, <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. Sorry to the young listeners. <laughs> Maybe we can can share them also a bit about the the tattoo that we we did about your grandmother's piece. Ah, and, uh, yes, can dive into that a little bit, lah. Yeah. So the piece that uh was chosen or why I chose to do a piece is a mm. memorial piece. Mm. 
Um, my grandmother passed away uh, in 2019, mm. in April of 2019. Uh, it was a very tough period for me. She, about a year plus, almost two years before that, she moved in with me. Mm. After many fights with my aunties about who's going to take care of her, within my aunties, who's going to take care of her. Um, one thing led to another. I, I, I literally told my aunties, hey, you all start arguing, I'll take care of her. So, I was just starting, we were, I mean, we were just, I was just starting to get the groove, you know, having my grandmother with me. Uh, I was, I'm very grateful that I had this opportunity to return the favor mm. for a lady that um, took care of me when nobody else wanted. She was always there for you. And right? she was always there for me, right? right. Um, a lady that was tough as nails, mm. raising seven kids by herself mm. because my grandfather had a second family. Right. Um, and then after raising all these kids, she had to raise her, her grandson as well. Yeah, yeah. As Not good easy. as raising me, right? Yeah. Um, so she, she left us in mm. April of 2019. So that's when it... I think I was in a real bad place for about a year or so. After she her passing? After right? her passing. That, okay. that whole period was... I took a long time to recover from mm. that. And then COVID hit and everything. Right. But that's another story for another time. Mm. But um, it was a real bad place for me because... Uh, I lost my mother my mother in 2016. Mm. And in comparison, it, the, the loss was not as great. The the how it cut was different. It was I, I don't even I, I to today, every time I think about it, uh it still hurts. Mm. Correct. It's uh sometimes I look at my sofa because I bought a sofa for her. Right. Which she which when delivered, she already passed away already. Mm. Correct. Uh I still think of her. Okay. But this lady uh, did everything within her power. No complaints. Right? Taking care of me growing right. up. She didn't have to. Right? I'm just her grandson. Yeah, right? exactly. It's my parents' responsibility, not hers. Right? And it's very tiring. Right? Imagine like raising so many kids before you, right? Then now I have to do it again yes. for another kid. And yeah. that is something that I really respect. And that's yeah. why I, even when my cousins came to me during the funeral, they all came to me and said, hey, uh, they call me Justin Koko, my younger cousin. They say thank you for taking care of Amma during this uh, the last couple of years. I say you don't need to thank me. It's my honor. It's it's really my honor because at least I know I took care of her. I mm. uh I was able to give back something. Right. Correct. Right. Uh, make her don't put her in a place where people are fighting over. Mm. Uh, or complaining about taking care of her. True. Because she already started having dementia in 2017 already. Mm, okay. In 2016, 2017, she had signs of dementia already. So right. when she was staying with me, her dementia was quite bad. Um, but people were, my aunties and everybody were angry at her because of her dementia. Okay. Because they didn't, under, maybe they don't understand dementia, okay. how it works. So I didn't want her to, her to keep having to stay with these uh, aunties who, just always argue about who felt obligated uh, obligated no mm. like uh, they have no choice so they're fighting among themselves who's going to who's supposed to take care of her so in fact my father also made a funny comment that time my, my mother is what now vagrant uh, no place to stay uh. every week or they change house uh. which is painful right to see mm. a lady who's taking care of so many of us she's taking and she's also helped a lot of my aunties and uncles take care of their children and their infants and everything so all my cousins were also touched by her Mm. All right, but at that point of time when she needed us the most, everybody was like uh, pointing at somebody else mm. that 
to take on the mantle. So it felt good like that I was able to be that person lah, and to say that I did it. Mm. Correct. Uh, maybe a proud moment. Right. Uh, you can give back a bit to the grandma. Yeah. So yeah. that that was something that really sat with me lah, and that's why uh, after she left, that was something I thought about that I really wanted to. I wouldn't use the word honor her lah because I think she wouldn't like my tattoos. Ah, she she see a new tattoo. I show her, she'll be like so angry. Why you got another one? You know, um, but something for me to remember her, mm. and uh, something for me to really have her on have a part of it you know the memory on me right. in that sense right so uh, and that's one reason why I chose the back as well mm. because I know she's always got my back mm. she always had my back uh, it has been very prominent throughout the whole throughout the whole, yeah. my whole life la. I right. mean without her um, I, and I say this with all seriousness without her I may not be here today mm. I got knows where I'll be today I may not even be alive if let's say mm. I went down the wrong path mm. right because I, she was always there at the important junctions in my life. You know? Whenever you needed someone, she's she's there. Sometimes she's not the best person to talk to because you know if she's an old lady, like right. I, I mean, it's old traditional lady, they don't talk about feelings much right. or so. You know, so this but, young boy going through his phase. Like, yeah, so she's always <laughs> taken me as a naughty teenager. Ah, <laughs> uh, she called me a boy. Ah, jing pai si la. No, right. Uh, but she was just there. Her being there, I think, made that difference to me. Mm. That's, I had somebody there and somebody I didn't want to disappoint. Mm. I think that was the main thing, right? I was just... I keep you in check also. Like yeah, some... somebody I really was afraid to disappoint. All right, all right. Not uh, uh, to get her approval, but more to... I don't want to let her down because she's mm. put in so much for right. me. Right, yeah, yeah. So I that's what yeah. I think kept me in check. Like That put limitations on... Uh, how much shit I'm willing to do. <laughs> mm. I, I get what you mean. Like, like, like it, it's not about that, that uh, we're looking for your approval or something. Right? It's more like, you know, like I, I don't want to let you down because now you are part of my responsibility also. Yep. Something along yep. that, that, that line. Uh. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm honored like, that I was able to take care of her. Like, mm. As in, she stayed with me. Uh, we had a good time. Every now right. and then, she will, she, I, I will, when I'm at work, my wife will call me and tell me, hey, your grandmother wants to go home pack her bag already. I say, you just tell her wait for me. So I'll come back home. Then I will ask her where she's going. She says, she's going home. La. I say, what are you going home for? She says, I cannot stay here so long. What? Because she still wanted to go back home. Right? You know, being, having a person of dementia, uh, living with dementia, staying with you. Um, she thought she was there she, for she, holiday. La. Uh, she thought she was just there for a few days. Okay. So one thing, <laughs> my wife and me, we go in the cahoots with this, right? We, we, uh, we would, I just tell her, hey, you just come yesterday. Like, you want to go home today, man? Then, then I'll say, why you don't like my house? Ah? My house not nice. Ah? My grandchildren, my, my, your great-grandchildren never take care of you. Then she, oh, yesterday I come. Ah. Okay, okay, I stay one more day. Lah. <laughs> <laughs> and that went on for almost two years. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's not about fighting, right? Like right. Uh, people living with dementia, they their whole uh, representation of what they remember is totally different right. from what you are trying to get across. Mm. Some people get frustrated talking to them and that's what exactly happened to my aunties. They got really frustrated trying to explain to her certain things. But for me, I took it as a... Uh, it's part and parcel. Yeah, it's part and parcel. And yeah. I took it in jest. You know, mm. I, I, I took it all in good mm. fun. 
All right. Right. Uh, so I just I don't ah, I'm so why lie boho me? My cat sit down me. Ah, then she will feel like a bit guilty. Oh, why my grandson said the house not nice. Then she asked me, no, no, I cannot stay. Then she was trying to reason with me. She said, no, I cannot stay here forever. What? I said, yeah, like, but you stay here yesterday only. And then, <laughs> so it was fun. Uh. Uh, as in, it was really nice. A good time. My kids also enjoyed having their great-grandmother staying around. At the same time, I felt that me doing that also helped me instill more values. Mm, okay, in that's interesting. Yeah. Correct. Um, they knowing that uh, their father has a good respect for his elders, mm. uh, a good respect for his people who take care of him. Right. So I think I use that at many teaching moments as well. Until mm. today, I still use those teaching moments. It's uh, a responsibility. Like, yes, it's a, it's a level of responsibility. Right. So like, for example, now with my in-laws, they're getting old. Mm. So I tell them, you got to keep spending time with your grandparents. Mm. Uh, and these are the last two grandparents that they have left. La, my wife's parents, right? Uh, so you better spend as much time as you can. I say, I was lucky. My grandmother lived until... Uh, 83. Right. And I was lucky enough to be able to take care of her. But y'all may not have if you don't spend time with them. Mm. We don't know when. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, something I feel that especially young teenagers when they reach a certain stage, they start growing out of wanting to spend time with their grandparents and everything. Right. And I don't want them to, to, do to go down that okay. road. Okay. No, I mean, even if you spend once a week with your grandparents or at least twice right. a month, that kind of thing is not a lot to ask but mm. something not to forget. So mm. I use this as teaching moments. So I cannot... I, I mean, if I didn't take care of my grandmother, I cannot force them to, right. to want to spend time with their grandparents. right? But with this teaching moment of me taking care of my grandmother, I'm able to inculcate that in them. That, you know, there's a level of responsibility that is, right. uh, as a child or as a grandchild you have. Right. Mm. I, mean, I mean, a lot of us, I don't think, you know, like... Uh, for for grandparents, I think it's a bit more distant, right? Than our own parents, ma, right? So that the difference is, I think, like, um, why would that be mainly solely our responsibility as compared to their the generation? Like, yes, you know, right. The previous yeah, so generation. That's the thing, like, like for me when yeah. I took care of my grandparent, my grandmother is like, it felt really good because you don't see that happen. You don't see grandchildren, right? Taking like, uh taking full care no, of it's their like grandparents. It's into my account. Accountability uh, it's directly in my account already. Yeah. No. Like, even those that you hear of or the grandparents staying with them, mm. but because they're still living under their parents' roof. What? Right. Alright, so, they are indirectly taking care mm. of their grandparents. Right. Correct, because they're all living in the same household. Like, they help their grandparents with things, but they are not uh, the main caregiver. Right. Whereas with my grandmother, I became the main caregiver. Mm. Correct. If, if my aunties needed my grandmother to be somewhere, I would have to arrange Mm. Uh, if uh, my grandmother had a party to attend or uh, visit some relatives like right. uh, her brother's birthday I still remember I think a few months before she passed mm. nobody wanted to bring her because everybody didn't want her to visit this brother of hers because I mean they always talk they, shit uh, okay. about my my aunties and uncles la. Right. so my aunties all didn't want to bring but my grandmother really wanted to go alright so I brought I went for the party so I said this, this dinner uh, so I mean, that was my role. La. Mm. Mm, I was her main caregiver. La. Interesting. Do, mm. do, do you think like our childhood actually craft, you know, who we are today? You know, like Based I, on you, you know, like raising up two kids and from your experiences in life. And then, like, I would say um, your childhood, or our childhood in that sense, in this matter is, will definitely craft. Mm. Correct. Uh, some people will say, well, it's 70% nature, 30% nurture. Right. Um, but 
for me, seeing the seeing myself in the mirror, mm. uh, <laughs> being proud of myself of what I've done, I would say that it is actually a very big part. That nurture part of it is very very big. Correct. It's really uh, it, it gives you that values, right? So, like for me, because my grandmother was one that brought me up. Most of my formative years, right? They say right. those key periods of my life. She was always that person, right? I felt indebted to her. Mm. It made me that person that oh, I have to be responsible for my grandmother. She taught you that that, that value also in some way, right? Yes. Indirectly. So, indirectly, she taught me a lot of. She taught me this value of responsibility as well, mm. right? Uh, so she, although she had many disagreements with my mother and uh and stuff like that, but she always taught me that this is your mother. Right. Correct. You have to respect your mother. You you still have to attend your family gatherings with your family and everything. No matter how unhappy you are, you suck it up and you go for it. So she used to have this saying, so in English, I think there's no direct translation for that other than uh, live life anyhow. <laughs> but what she truly meant was live and let live. Okay. Correct. Right, right. You cannot hold on to all your grudges. Mm. So, and I I believe I did that as well. Uh, even though I wasn't close to my parents, but I've always did what I was required to do with them uh, until they... they Is they, it hard for you to forgive you know, like the, the, your parents, you know, in terms of how the way they, they treat you uh, or treated you before, you know, things like that? I think it was hard in the beginning, but as I, when I became a father myself and realizing the challenges so as I well... Understand. So I can understand. Okay. I can forgive. But to be honest, I'm talking about it today so I don't think I forgot. Mm. And I won't forget because it makes me who I am, right? right? It makes me that tougher individual maybe as well. Maybe that's why my father treated me like that, right? <laughs> to me, a tough guy. Right. <laughs> I, I think it's that, that whole thing about, you know, like how they raise guys, right? It's, mm. a, it's a little different from how they raise like, the girls. The, the, uh, in the older yeah. days, it was really yeah. like that, right? It was... You fall down, get up, lah. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, you know, but right? the girl fall down. Hey, no, 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 don't. Yeah, right. Ah, uh, throw cushion, lah. Everything. Yeah, okay, uh, no, no, no. But then, what, what kind of like? Okay, based on that, right? You know, like um, do do you think that that's the or, or there is even a right way to raise a a kid or a better way to raise a kid? Like in terms of like, let's say, if I raise boys like that, right? Uh, the guys that I I I raise, for example, in a very harsh condition. You know, they turn out to be maybe more uh, tougher, maybe less emotionally vulnerable or whatever, right? Does does that represent masculinity? And then uh, if as compared to, let's say, I were to raise a, a, a boy that, uh, you know, I give all the attention to, right? And then do I raise, raise up a spoiled child or a very soft boy? And how will he fare in this society, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, What's your take on on that? Wow, this one is something I I think my wife always reminds me of this. Okay, there is no uh, handbook, right? <laughs> There's right. no handbook to raising children, right? Right. Um, we try to figure out along the way what will work best. Uh, if you ask me whether being tough, if you have a son, to be tough on them will make them a better man. Mm. I don't know, leh. Mm. Correct. It it worked in 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 a sense for me. Mm. Correct, because I'm more. I believe I'm more resilient than your right. average guy. I mean, you true. You, uh, you, you really hold your values yeah. very truly. So, to but again, I have friends who 
have not got their shit together. Mm. All right. Or may not even be around anymore because they didn't get their shit together. Right. Um, so I don't think it's a one size fit all kind of thing where you Agreed. you you are tough with them, they'll become tough. Right. Correct. Some may break. Mm. Uh, I think as a parent, we learn, learn along the way. If it doesn't work, I think the key thing for for me is or what's something I always try to think about is is there a better way? If it doesn't work, is there another way I can do it? Mm, Correct. Okay, okay. I, I I think I'm going to reach a stage soon because my daughter is turning twelve. Right. Um. I probably have to find out. I probably have to discover uh, this or new try phase. new ways of communicating. Okay. With her. Um. There's uh there's something going on now that we hear that there's a conversations with a boy. Okay. Uh, according to her, is her friend's crush. Okay. So, but she she's talking to the guy for on behalf of the girl. Or okay. Something. So, but I I I I'm just getting really uncomfortable with the whole thing. I don't know what to do with this situation now. <laughs> but I I'm I'm letting my wife talk to enter first to see maybe she can go in with more feminine touch when handling these sensitive issues. Okay. Uh, to test see, the ground a bit. To test a bit. No, um, okay. I, I, I am trying not to step in. Okay. Although I'm dying to. Okay. <laughs> although you know, right? Like, okay. <laughs> I'm dying to step in and to say know. no. <laughs> right. uh, just say no, right? It's, it's just the easiest way, right? But I'm afraid of the repercussions as well. Mm. You know, you hold them too tight. Right. Then they, they hide even more. Right. So... I'll let uh, I'll keep you updated on the program. <laughs> sure. <laughs> or we can always go to the, you know you go by default like, You know, feed the KFC and, and uh, uh, sign up for some ice cream. Like, <laughs> shop, start feeding them. Start feeding them. Uh, <laughs> maybe overweight and then no guy want to come close it. I I I mean this is going to be a tough. I think the next uh three to five years will be a bit challenging. Interesting. Uh, uh, it's going to for be me now. Interesting. Uh. Next three to five. Now I got a second one coming. As in the second one is ten. Mm. So in about two three years time, the level of stress may increase. I probably ah. see more white hairs on your head. Maybe uh, very if, soon, if, if got hair. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't lose your eyebrows. So, like, ah. I mean, like it makes you you. Uh. Yeah, just just pray I don't go to prison. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so severe. I mean, okay. Uh, it's interesting because like understanding the psychology, right? Like is if let's say for a kid, lah, you know, like even the slightest noise, let's say the, the slightest noise of the, the let's say the toddler makes some noise and everything, and my attention straight diverts to her or him, right? And then, uh, it's, it's to me, like, what I understand from that is like, they tend to use that to manipulate in terms of like, to get your attention, you see? Like, so whatever they want, they'll cry for it, right? Because it works when they were born, right? Exactly. Whenever they cry something, they, mm. they, they get, you know? Then, uh, it becomes, uh, if I need to show my tantrum, and then, you know, or something, if I don't get something, or like, I feel uncomfortable, I, I show it. Exactly, to exactly. communicate, I, I think, la, right? I think that is the early stages of character development, right? Mm. What the parent does in that early stages always Correct. makes a difference, right? Um, I remember those days um, where as infants, my children, uh, everybody, you know, uh, like the grandparents, even mm. my wife and everything, when they cry, when the children cry, they all want to carry. So I I made it a point that to remind everybody is no. Not, stop. Not stop caring. No, not... Not at all. Not at all, okay? Not at all. Correct. I, there were times where I would spend uh, sitting next to the court and they're crying. Correct. I say, you stop. And this is when they're infants, uh, they're barely even standing. Uh. Mm. 
like seven, eight months old maybe. Uh. And I'm just repeating the same phrase over again. Stop crying and I'll carry you. Stop crying and I'll carry you. Alright? Stop crying and I'll give you what you want. You stop and then we talk. You give me what I want, I give you what I want. It's like yes. a negotiation. It's a, so it's a negotiation, right? So okay. I, I'm not going to carry you because you're crying. Mm. So uh, it seemed to have worked. Lah, okay. Right? Because then they, they don't cry for attention. They will come, they will ask, you know, right. along the way. Um, like even the small little things like, you know, the old way they, they carry the baby and put to sleep, they, they rock and rock and rock right. the baby to sleep. Every time I see my mother-in-law do that, I say, put the baby down now. <laughs> so what, what my method was, put the baby in the cot. I put a chair next to the cot so we are not uncomfortable bending over the cot, right? Just enough for the hand to go in and tap. So And it worked because then my child can sleep by herself mm. on the bed without uh, being carried. And after you put down, they wake up again. You know, that, right. that process, I think some, some parents may go through. That right. worked for my children. Mm. And I... I am an advocate for that. I don't believe in rocking and rocking and rocking just to put the child to sleep. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it yeah, felt very yeah. tiring. Eh? Yeah. For your side as well, right? <laughs> yeah, for ourselves as well. It felt yeah. very tiring, right? Yeah. Like if you have nobody else to rock, then how? Then you have to rock, eh? Mm. So I always remind my mother in law, my father in law, stop rocking the baby. How long did that turn out, man? After like, you know, like when they grow older, right? You know, like uh they let's say if they want something, uh, then uh they don't get right. How do they react to that? Actually, to be honest, uh like my wife also and me, I think we both agree. Uh, we're quite lucky with our children. Mm. As in, maybe it's upbringing. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but I don't see brats in them. Uh, mm. I, I'm sorry if I'm offending any of the other audiences, But my children are definitely not mm. ratty in that nature. They will try to negotiate. They'll try to uh, okay. ask. You know, they right. can be a bit manipulative. Right. You know, they will ask. If they ask me, then I say no. Then they will reason with their mother because easier to get through, but they don't like kick out a fuss. Ah, uh, okay, uh, all right, interesting. Start screaming and shouting, you know, or they sit on the floor. You know, some you see right. those young toddlers sitting on the floor because they didn't get what they wanted. Right. I say, come, let's go. They walk. All right. You don't and even need to shout. Or anything I like don't that. have to shout. All, right. all I have to do is actually I don't. I just have to change my tone of voice. Mm. So when I go into like a, I think the the, the deeper, serious, the serious <laughs> voice, right. They straight away hey, let's stop. just do a preview. Let's how is it? Stop. <laughs> stop. stop. <laughs> well, I haven't done it in a long time, man. Because I, I, I think got it easy now. They're a bit big already, right? Uh, but basically, just telling Macy, stop. Okay. Then the I everything just freeze. They just freeze. You're gonna assert some dominance. But they just freeze yeah, and right. then they look at me. I say, come, let's go. And then they just waddle along the way. Lah. Okay. Uh, maybe the eye we they tear up a bit. Right. Uh, but they will never be a brat about it. Right. I think after they were like two years old already, you would not hear them in a restaurant screaming and shouting. It was quite um, easy for us. So although, it, you see, some parents say, oh, the child give, cr- child cry, they give, child cry, they give. Correct. And that's the le- message they get, right? That's true. I mean, like, because you see, uh, let's say if I were to go on full dominance with my kids, right? Then uh, if, if that's the case, right? Then I expect, full obedience right right then where is their voice coming from you know like do they have their own little voice uh, in terms of when they come out to society right it's very tough also right in that sense mm. right? so no I, as in negotiations are still open for it's like a good uh, you want something balance, you, you talk about it 
Yeah. You explain to me why. Ah, right. you you don't cry. You cry. You I you, I'm not going to give. I say just let's go. Right. If they say or oh, they want this, I say why do you need this? Ah, then we talk about it. Okay. If they can rationalize with me, then let's, then I'll get it lah. Ah, especially my younger one, she loves shopping lah. Every time need a new blouse or a new pair of jeans, I say how many pairs of clothes you need. Ah, how many pairs? Every time we go buy, you just buy one to buy Chinese clothes. Gotta buy other things also. I say no, that's not the way. That's not the way it should be. What? Uh, we are here to do our Chinese New Year shopping. We buy our Chinese New Year clothes. Uh, so we we are objective. I say, why do you need this? Are, are you out of clothes? We go out twice a week. Eh? Like at most, we go out twice a week. You got school the rest of the week. Right. You can save up to buy your own. Uh, right, I, if you want to. La. That, that, that's yeah. what I tell them as well. I right. say, you bring. I tell my wife as well, let them bring their own money now. Mm. Uh, not, I mean, now they're getting allowance. You know, they got their Ang Pao monies. Right. They've got their birthday monies. You know, they. I think they're richer than me. They have more money in their wallet than I have in my wallet. <laughs> okay, okay. You know. So I, I said, if they want something, like uh, when I went to Australia, I just came back from a trip to Australia, right? So um, this is the first time I did it actually. So I just gave them $100. I said, with this $100, you can buy anything you want. Correct? During this trip, you don't need to ask me. This is your money. You, I'm giving it to you to spend on this holiday. So I said, but the only thing I can tell you is if you spend it all in one place, if tomorrow you go somewhere else and you wanted to get something, don't ask me, huh? Mm. <coughs> and it worked. They all came back with like $50, $60. Then they, they understand the value. They have $100 to spend. Mm. Uh, they don't need to ask me. They can spend it mm. however they want. They have to manage mm. themselves. Right, yeah. yeah. right, right. right. Uh, but I think they got milk. My, my in-laws also got my in-laws on the same trip, right? Oh, okay. Uh, they got... <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, la. grandparents, I... I give up trying to control the grandparents anymore. <laughs> okay, bro. So, okay. Anyway, what are some of the the values, right, that you really hold truly to yourself? You know, like, in terms of, like, growing up in that very rough childhood. Like, I would say it's a very rough kind of childhood. And then, uh, and, and and any values that from your, 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 your grandma that you take, that you really hold on to today, like, the way you live your life? Uh, like I said earlier, lah. I think just live and let live. Mm. Because that shit will happen along the way. Mm. Um, it may seem, some people may do things that seem directed at you. But if you don't take it to heart, it's not going to affect you. So I think the th- main thing is to live and let live. Uh, that's why with myself now, I believe my temper has uh, simmered down a lot because I don't let external factors bother, you, uh. bother me as much. Mm. I think the only thing that I foresee happening in the future is things that affect my children. Mm. Uh, that one, I don't know whether I can control. Okay. Uh, this is something that... Right. Still uh, need some... I, yeah. I probably need some work there. Right, 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 right. <laughs> perhaps, but perhaps. anything that's done personally towards me or said towards me... You don't take it ...doesn't face me anymore. Okay. Uh, doesn't really affect me or my decision-making much anymore. Like maybe for a very short period of time, but after I take a few... Breaths. I remember live and let live. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, it it helps for you to hold any of this kind right. of deep uh, hatreds or deep grudges, like resentment, uh, and everything. Uh, yeah, it's it's as good as holding uh, a blade in your palm of your hand, right? Mm. Because only you feel the pain, one. Right. Uh, so it's something I just. So I've become a lot more carefree now also in mm. terms of how the world perceives things. Ah. What would you say to your younger self? 
you know, the self that was living outside and then like very angry and everything. What would you say, you know, to your younger self? What will I say to my younger self? Oh, how would you advise? Hold on, you will get there one day. Okay. Uh, it will all get better. Lah. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm in uh, the place where I want to be. Mm. Although being 40, but I wouldn't say I'm ha- unhappy where I am either. Mm. Alright, with my family and everything. I think things will work out as long right. as you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Alright, with, with that then, you know, it comes to the end of the podcast already, bro. Thank you for coming all the way down to do this session, man. Hey, no worries, no worries. My pleasure.